Welcome to the Mortcast, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started on the rest of this podcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazi, a beautiful lower downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, right now is a good time for you to get down to the dairy block and get some of that 2017 Cabernet. Uh, I've been told to stop qualifying things as, as restrictions being eased or talking about vaccinations. Um, but really, really, if you're going to go down there, please be vaccinated, okay? But look, now's the time to go down. The All-Star Game is like a little over a month away, right? Lots of festivities going on down there. Right now would be a good time to go down, you know, like the Rockies are in town. Uh, obviously, that's going to, you know, influence a bunch of people going down there. But, you know, I, I've been going down during lunch just for, just for you know, meetings and stuff like that. And it has been great. It's such a beautiful area of town. Getting that 2017 Cabernet and just sitting there and having a nice conversation is fantastic. Uh, I highly suggest you do that. But they also got Pinot, they got, you know, Whites, they got Blends, they got, you know, Syrahs, they got Malbecs, they got, you know, partnerships with Western Slope wineries like uh, Storm Cellars Restoration and Coltaris, and actually plenty more, more than I actually even knew. So it's like they've had a bunch of reality, uh, yeah, varieties, realities too. Um, I, I would highly encourage you to support this local business that is really trying to thrive right now um, during a time when we're all kind of coming back to life. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Mazine, beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Go to bfwdenver.com if you just want to order a wine bottle for shipment uh, or delivery. Uh, they have, I have that available, too. They also got a bunch of accessories on bfwdenver.com, including a growler, you know, you know, things that you would need otherwise um, if you're into more of the experience of, uh, of uh, kind of the merchandise or, or, angle of uh, wine. Uh, they are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Cop Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, okay, folks. Nuggets won a double overtime game, 147-140, over the uh, Portland Trail Rangers last night. Um, the overall theme of this, as you have seen, if you clicked on this, is that the Nuggets, uh, Mike Porter Jr. specifically, found a way to unlock his game. Um, but to kind of start us off, I want to talk about Damian Lillard, and I want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers, and I want to talk about two things that seem diametrically opposed being true at the same time. I said this to my uh, friend Tim Miller today. Hello, Tim. The reason that the Portland Trailblazers almost won the game, Damian Lillard, is also the reason they lost, Damian Lillard. And it's funny to think about that when someone had such an efficient shooting night uh, with such uh, just torrid, torrid ability. It's just... I mean, you had to marvel at what Lillard was doing, particularly through the last of the fourth quarter into the double overtimes. Um, actually, he completely ran out of steam in the second overtime, which is one of the reasons the Nuggets won. But the reason they were able to do this, and not, taking nothing away from Damian Lillard, he did nothing wrong. Um, but the reason that the Blazers lost was because 
not a single other person on this Blazers roster, once Nurkic got fouled out, which is becoming a problem for the Blazers, folks, um, once he fouled out, none of the other Blazers were able to step up. Uh, there was uh, Robert Cummington missed two dunks. Uh, C.J. McCollum stepped out of bounds because he was contested by uh, Michael Porter Jr., who tipped the ball, uh, which was a great play by Porter, by the way. Um, and we'll talk about him, last, like I said, second half. But there was this... I, I think people are failing to fully realize how one person dominating the ball like this and having to shoot this much and them having to run as many actions as they did for Willard actually took everyone else on the floor out of the game. And it just, you know, McCollum missed, uh, I think, an open three, uh, wide open three. Like I said, Ted Covington missed two dunks. Lillard was, I don't think was quote-unquote having to do this. He was just on fire and, like, like I said, it was the reason they almost won the game, but he is also the reason they lost. The Nuggets, if you look at their starting lineup, uh, Austin Rivers at 18, uh, Aaron Gordon had 14, Mike Ford Jr. had 26, Nikola Jokic had 38. I mean, look at that starting lineup and then look at the Blazers and the fact that Damian Lillard scored, scored all 17 of the Blazers' points from the last of the fourth quarter into the overtimes. And that tells you all you need to know about why the Blazers lost the game. And it's hard to be critical. And like I said, I want people to understand me. I'm not being critical of Damian Lillard. This is a problem for the Blazers, along with their absolutely porous defense, um, which is one of the worst defenses I've I've ever seen. And I watched the Paul Westhead Nuggets. Um, This, I mean, without Nurkic out there, they are just a sieve. And even with Nurkic out there, they're marginally better, right? Um, but when we, when we look at this objectively, and I'm trying to be as objective as possible when it went on this, the, the Denver Nuggets were able to win because they had more options, and they were, then all their players were involved. Um, that pass from uh, Jokic to uh, Michael Porter Jr., that was the game winner um, with about a minute and 50 seconds left, was... Uh, an amazing pass, and if you look at Jokic, he waited for uh, Gordon to cut, which I d- he didn't know he was going to do, by the way, but when he saw that Gordon was going to cut, he lobbed it over Robert Covington's arms, Covington fell, got right into uh, Porter's shooting pocket, and Porter, who was like, you knew it was going in as soon as he shot it, by the way, that, there, was just, there was no doubt, it was good, and that thing was going in, and God bless Michael Porter Jr.'s confidence for being able to knock down a, sh- a shot like that in a pressure situation, a la Damian Lillard. So that is an, an you know kind of emblematic of the of the Nuggets' ability to kind of spread the wealth. And the Nuggets hit some free throws down the stretch. Monte Morris came up big because he kept getting fouled. There was a lot of different things going on there. And the problem the Blazers had was that it was all Lillard all the time. And when he ran out of steam, they got nothing left. And it was it was almost inevitable this was going to happen, particularly in a game in Denver that the Blazers weren't going to be able to hold up as long with stamina, and uh, they didn't. And, and clearly, Jokic was gassed, by the way, but that was for a completely different reason. Uh, Jokic um, is 
And it's not because he had to do everything. It's because uh, once Cantor went out and once Nurkic fell out, they just Nuggets kept going to him in the post. And he touched the ball in the post in every, every possession. It wasn't him getting those high, you know, one standing out on the free three-point line, setting screens or anything like that. He was uh, in the post every time against Robert Covington. And he was and Man Melo, and they were hacking the crap out of him. Um, and that is just exhausting. <laughs> just, just, it, it sometimes that's why post play is is difficult. It's one of the most challenging things you can do in the NBA is because you get beat the hell up, and that just takes a lot out of you. And and you could tell that just the toll was on Jokic. He missed like three shots. It's just that he normally hits, and a couple of them were rushed at the end of the clock. Lock. There wasn't a lot of movement. You you know, look, everyone was tired, but Lillard was able to you know hit these long. Shots. One of them was a bank shot, which I, I hope he called because, oh my God, that was you know one of those shots. Um, but the Blazers kind of were all about Dame, and when Dame couldn't come up after he ran out of steam, and the Nuggets were starting to prevent him from getting the ball, the Blazers had nothing, and that is why. The reason they almost won the game is the, also the reason they lost. And we can talk about how the Nuggets blew a 20-point lead in the first half, which is, I mean, I, I think people need to stop creating narratives on first-half leads, and particularly in the playoffs. When you, I mean, unless you're going to be up by 35 in the first half, it doesn't matter. Teams are going to come back. Um, the teams inevitably get to a point where they start being even, and like this Nuggets and Blazers team is even. I thought the Nuggets were going to blow out the Blazers, I'll be honest with you. Um, and it was heading that way in the first, and then, of course, it reverted back to what it always is, is a very even matchup of of teams that one team is severely injured and the other team is full strength. And this is kind of is an essay about where these teams are. If Jamal Murray, if P.J. Dozier, if uh, uh, Will Barton are all healthy, this, team, this, this series is over real quick. And the Nuggets just happen to be fighting and clawing because they are missing like all like three of their guards. <laughs> it's just really where it is. But but I want to talk about another reason the Nuggets won last night, and that is one Michael Porter Jr. So when we come back, I'll talk to you about why his game expanded and why uh, the Nuggets were able to take advantage of that against this Blazers team. We'll be back in a second. Now it's time to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, it is also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds on promotions on basketball, baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice. 
to win the next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, the, the, the tale and the, 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 the narrative of this Nuggets team is largely written by how productive Michael Porter Jr. is. Um, rightly or wrongly, this, this, because Jamal Murray is out, and because Michael Porter Jr. is the presumed uh, number three um, on this team, the narrative is really focused on him, Be- despite Jokic scoring, you know, 32, 33 points a game, you know, and putting up the numbers he is and being the MVP. Uh, the, really, the reality of the situation is that Nikola Jokic um, is the constant. The variable is Michael Porter Jr., and it was all going to be- depend on how he is able to produce because they've had to rely on Austin Rivers. Um, you know, last night Monte Morris scored 28 points and really came up big with a bunch of free throws. And, and once again, kudos to Monte for for stepping up like that. But one of the things the Nuggets did to open up Michael Porter Jr. is simple, and this is a fact. Um, and this is... This is kind of endemic to something that you have saw, uh, endemic or emblematic of something you saw earlier this year. Remember when the Nuggets lost to the, to the Washington Wizards, Michael Porter Jr. ran to the corner three. And, and anyone could have run to the basket, and the game would have been, I think, tied if someone just got a basket, just one. And uh, Porter ran to the three, and Jamal was out at the three-point line. Everyone was out at the three-point line. What the problem is with kind of like modern thought about the league is that it's so reliant on getting whatever three you could possibly get that it kind of uh, makes you overemphasize even contested three-point shots over just the fact that you're bigger than everyone else. And this is what I mean. Um, Years and years ago, uh, Melvin Hunt... um, when he was the interim coach of the Nuggets. So this is shortly after Brian Shaw was fired in early 2015. And uh, Melvin Hunt was talking to us about Danilo Gallinari. And he said, and he's, and we were talking about, because Gallo just like suddenly started exploding with points right after Shaw left. Um, I don't think Gallo was dogging it. I think that it's just whatever Shaw was doing was not working. And uh, Melvin comes in and he's like, he, he played, he, he was assistant coach with, with, uh, with uh, George Carl with the Gallo, so he was very fully aware of what Gallo was capable of. Coming back after his injury, he had to adapt his his game. If you look at Gallo pre-leg injury and post-leg injury, he's a different player. Uh, Gallo of 2013 is not posting players up. Um, Gallo of 2015 into the rest of his career is getting mismatches and posting people up. And Melvin Hunt said something to me that stuck into my brain. He said, sometimes the biggest issue you you can have with a player that's skilled is you've got to drill it into their heads that they're taller than everyone else. 
And I, that's always stuck with me because uh, once, once Gallinari understood that he was taller than everyone, his, his ability to get these post-ups and get these mismatches on these guards, uh, because he is 6'10", 6'11", was his ability to kind of just like, oh, I'm taller than you. You're not going to block this. All right, you're going to get into my body, but you're not going to block my shot. Well, it's the same thing with Michael Porter Jr. It was interesting how earlier in the series he was letting Dwight Powell, Norm Powell, not Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell, Norm Powell, sorry to the Powell family, uh, Norm Powell or C.J. McCollum just body him off something and then just he would chuck a contested three. In the reality of the situation, or he wouldn't even take the shot. I mean, he would just get bodied and give up. And... What the Nuggets realized, and I think more importantly, what Michael Porter Jr. realized, is that he's taller than these guys. And they're not going to block his shot. And once that real, that light bulb goes on, things become a lot easier for you, particularly in the mid-range. One of the best things you could do as a player is, is, is to, the ability to hit from everywhere on the court. And Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, mid-range game is elite. It is, it is fire. And what the Nuggets have been missing is just that they've been having him stand out and do dribble handoff after dribble handoff after dribble handoff to, as, I've always, as, I, stole, as I told Eric Sparopoulos years ago, the Nuggets do have a tendency to descend into dribble handoff hell. Wait for the, you know, the swinging gate to come. And... The, what the Nuggets have realized is like, oh, wait a minute, we can do exactly what we did with Daniel Gallinari back in, you know, when Malone was coach. Just understand that he is a six foot ten guy, six foot eleven, I think, actually, at this point. You who can literally, you saw some of those turnaround jump shots he was at. I mean, they were pure. They were easy because he wasn't shooting over a guy who was just his height. Even when Robert Covington is covering it, it's just there was there's just a an acknowledgement that Michael Porter Jr. is bigger than you, and he was able to score 26 points and hit the game-winning shot because dude is just that good as as far as you know, obviously shooting. But additionally, the guys who Portland's throwing at him to cover, primarily Norm Powell and uh, uh, C.J. McCollum. They're not, they're, they're not big enough. And, and it took to game five for uh, the Nuggets and, more importantly, Michael Porter Jr. to realize this. Coming back to Melvin Hunt, once you understand that, everything else opened up. And I think what you saw, and specifically, you know, he was 10 of 13. Think about this. It was 10 of 13, and you've got Norm Powell and... Uh, C.J. McCollum, just beating up his midsection, right? And this was the first time Michael Porter Jr. looked at both of them and said, you're not going to block my shot. You can keep pounding on me. You're not going to block my shot. And to hit at a 10 of 13 rate, which, I mean, look, Porter should have shot even more. There was, there was a time in the uh, second quarter from to about midway through the third quarter well, Michael Porter Jr. didn't get a freaking shot, right? And some of that is on some of that's on Monte Morris, who gets kind of tunnel vision. But I'll, that's hopefully this doesn't get that way. Um, but sometimes the Nuggets do an absolutely awful job of getting him the ball. 
uh, because they're used to dribble handoff after dribble handoff after dribble handoff. The lack of creativity in this Nuggets offense sometimes is, is nauseating. You're depending on Nikola Jokic to be your brain surgeon, and sometimes you just need to be able to understand that you're running a set, which, hey, this guy is six foot eleven and he's got a six foot four guy on him. Uh, just give him the ball so he can turn around and shoot, right? Doesn't matter where on the court he is. So that realization came and Porter unlocked. And that is bad news for Portland because Portland does not have a lot of counters for Michael Porter Jr. If you put Mello on Porter, he's just going to drive by him. Uh, Covington's probably their best option, but they're probably going to keep throwing out Powell and hoping that the law of averages catches up and Porter just, you know, starts missing a whole bunch of shots. The problem with that whole scenario is that Michael Porter Jr., at his core, is an elite shooter. Banking on him continuing to not shoot is not a good option for, for the Blazers when you understand that Porter now realizes he's taller than these guys. And that makes all the difference in the world. Alrighty, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be talking to you soon with another podcast. Bye-bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.